0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: righty, hello again everyone and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter podcast for the 8th day of February 2022. 23, 23, 2023. And I swear to God, I haven't been drinking. I'm Derek Hunter. I am your host. Welcome to it. Uh, Tomorrow we'll get to the State of the Union response. I can't wait until 11 o'clock to record, and God knows how, after uncontrollable vomiting from listening to this jackass speak for an hour, hour and a half, two hours, and their response, I just don't know that I'd be able to digest and uh, process all the BS that's out there. I, everybody has a limit on their BS meter, and that would absolutely s- just saturate mine. So we'll get to that tomorrow. Don't forget to patreon.com slash podcast or com if you please um, to support the program, get the extra content and what have you and all that good stuff. Thank you so much to everybody who has joined and has membership there. Uh, really appreciate it. You're, gonna, you're my heroes and everybody else you suck, freeloader. <laughs> Just kidding, mostly. Anyway, let us start our uh, programs, shall we? I, I want to start off just briefly, very brief. I, I couldn't find the audio for this. I looked. But the coach of the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, this is media day at the Super Bowl. This weekend is the Super Bowl. And you can tell all the commercials out there. You can tell which, which companies ponied up a ton of money to the uh, NFL for the use of the term Super Bowl and which ones did not. The ones that did not are the ones that talk about the big game. Get ready for the big game. always cracks me up. Get ready for the big game. And uh, they have to subject themselves to media. I don't know why the NFL thinks that they need, like people aren't paying attention to the Super Bowl if if the people involved in the Super Bowl don't subject themselves to idiotic reporters' questions. Because the Super Bowl, they send everybody. They, people who never cover sports get sent to the Super Bowl because it's a cultural thing as well. So they're a bunch of idiot entertainment reporters and general just morons out there. And the Head coach of the Eagles was asked, which one of the, I couldn't find the audio of this, which one of the Eagles uh, would you let your daughter date? And his response was, my daughter is five years old. I mean, I, I, I would have thrown in a couple of expletives that needed to be deleted in the transcript if that were me. And then another idiot goes, is this a must-win game? Is this, the, the Super, no, we'll get him the next Super Bowl. The, everybody knows the Super Bowl's best of seven. I don't understand how these people can function. There is the old adage, you know, you can uh, keep quiet and let people think you're an idiot, or open your mouth and confirm it. These people all confirm it. I don't, I don't get these people. They deserve all the embarrassment that they possibly uh, can get their moldy mitts on. Anyway, I want to preview we'll we'll cover what happens in the state of the union tomorrow but uh, let's preview what we can expect from the state of the union address and it is it's going to be a a, sh- a shot into or a, a spy into a different world a different where all polling shows that the american public and it's amazing to me how many in the media are going i don't uh, i'm confused and perplexed and, and and concerned why is it that the american people aren't feeling the recovery. Why is it? that? Because you look at, at uh, poll numbers, even Democrats, a big majority of Democrats, particularly young Democrats, look at Joe Biden and they say, okay, thank you. You're fine. You've been president. That's fine. But we don't want you to run again. Please, God, don't run again. And you would think, especially the way that it was spun after the midterm elections, where Republicans won, they didn't win the Senate, but they won the House, uh, that the... Uh, the story was immediately afterwards joe biden is way more popular and stronger he's coming out of this midterm election stronger than ever and it was weird that they spun a loss as a win now granted it would have been a real loss had they not retained the senate and thanks to some really horrible candidates and some bad campaigns they didn't but taking over the house is a big deal that's subpoena power that Republicans now have, that they're beginning to exercise. The investigations that they're launching are wildly important. And you can't, yes, I've said it before, I'll say it again, Republicans can't really do anything controlling one half of one third of government. However, Democrats can't really do anything either, thankfully. So at a minimum, the accelerating speed of our demise will... I can't say it will be slowed down, but it won't be increasing. The inertia, the increasing speed at which we're going downhill will not happen. So we've got that going for us. But why is it that all of these people in the media looked at what had happened with the midterms and said, well, this is, this is a big deal and this is huge and we are going to, uh, now Joe Biden is super powerful. Super he's way more popular than they thought. The the media took Democrat retention as a I'm trying to think of the best way to put this, because they again they did lose the house. They took Democrat retention of some seats as a reflection of the public's sentiment towards Joe Biden. There's no reason The transitive properties of politics don't really apply. Joe Biden didn't campaign for anybody. In fact, Joe Biden was expressly asked not to campaign for most people, and he spent most of his time in places where, you know, Frankenstein up in Pennsylvania couldn't speak, so they had to have somebody come in and talk. They thought, well, if we're going to win in spite of having a, a candidate who cannot communicate with people we might as well have a candidate or a president come in who cannot communicate with people either and talk to him and he spent a bunch of time in deep blue maryland where he i really think joe biden believes that he elected westmore or that he significantly helped westmore get elected oh yes were it not for joe biden going to Bowie state Wes Moore might not have won the vote of the student body at a historically black college. The first black candidate for governor, or the first really one with a chance, would not have gotten the black vote from from Bowie State. Anybody believe that? Nobody believes that. It's a bunch of garbage. But Joe Biden is delusional enough, and I suspect his staff lies to him enough, that eh, you could probably sneak that one past the goalie, because Joe Biden loves himself. All of his lies are meant and and done expressly to make himself seem way more important than he ever could be and ever was. So he's delusional in that sense. So you look at the uh, situation going into the State of the Union and they're perplexed. Why isn't Joe Biden more popular? Democrats don't want a majority of Democrats, don't want him to run Again, don't want him to be nominated, and they don't want Kamala Harris either. And it really is kind of mad or weird because they are in office. They are in office. You would think that somebody would like them, somebody just by default go, All right, you know, he's there, he's doing the job. Even CNN today. Biden is in a weak position heading into the State of the Union. State of the Union address are supposed to be a high mark of sorts for a president. The president has the nation's attention as he describes his accomplishments and agenda going forward. Uh, that's part of the problem by the way and and also he doesn't really have the nation's attention. Fewer and fewer people every year watch the State of the Union address because there is so little substance in it regardless of who the president is watching somebody pat themselves on the back for an hour to an hour and a half is incredibly boring watching the fake standing ovation oh there's a standing ovation is wildly boring you sit there and you go really this every you no human being not at a sporting event can possibly be this excited about these lines we've created x number of jobs they stand up and our economy has grown by x oh then they stand up again and applaud and then they sit down and we're gonna keep doing oh they stand up again like really three times in one sentence you're standing just separated by a comma you're standing ovation nobody's that excited about anything no adult, anyway. The kids would be that excited. Ooh, there's a new Paw Patrol, and they'll stand up and, and clap and applaud. But these barking seals in, in the Congress, they don't care. They, I promise you, there's 535 people who are wildly cynical and get the game. They get the game. They understand it. I guess there are a couple of the AOCs of the world who are easily distracted by shiny objects and really believe that paying lip service to their pet cause somehow means that something's going to get done or is important. But the the general public looks at this and goes, this is a 15-minute speech that is taking an hour because you people won't sit down. Who is it, the constituency, for this? Who is it that, why, oh, you know what? I thought the speech was a bunch of crap, but... I was totally swayed by the fact that half the crowd stood up and cheered like the dog pound used to in the old Arsenio Hall show. Yeah, um, no. Does that work on anybody? Does anybody go, you know what? I, 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 I thought the words were boring, but the energy was ecstatic with the way that they stood up and applauded and the way they kept cutting to Nancy Pelosi sitting there in the crowd for the first time. It was so historic having a former Speaker of the House sitting in the crowd. I'd really love it if uh, Kevin McCarthy brought out a balloon and then as soon as uh, maybe have a helium balloon under the... Since, remember, Nancy Pelosi ripped up Trump's last State of the Union address. If uh, Kevin McCarthy, he's not going to probably be able to blow up a balloon and pop it, a big white balloon, maybe with some Chinese writing on it. Uh, maybe a, a love note to Eric Swalwell or something written in, in Chinese. You're not going to be able to do that. Secret Service likely wouldn't like that very much. But I bet he could under the uh, the desk there have a, a pretty good helium balloon and some tape. And then he takes Biden's speech as soon as he's done delivering it. And like Nancy stood up and tore it up. Kevin could tape it. To that balloon and just launch it into the, uh, the ceiling of the, the House chamber. I'd love that. Probably won't happen. Anyway, back to CNN. Biden's poll numbers, both in terms of his approval rating and his 2024 prospects, continue to be lackluster, heading into the beginning of 2024 primary season. Good God, it's a year away. It's 11 months away. It's not the beginning of primary season yet. Give us, give us some time to exhale three polls were released in the past five days regarding how Americans view the job Biden is doing as president. They all say basically the same thing. Polls from ABC News, Washington Post, Associated Press, NORC, I don't know what the hell NORC is, N-O-R-C, and CBS News, YouGov, all have Biden approval ratings in the low to mid 40s and his disapproval ratings in the mid to high 50s. The best poll that has Biden receiving, uh, and uh, that meets cnn's standard for publication (laughs) yes cnn known for their standards uh over the past few weeks still have biden's disapproval rating above his approval rating meaning he's not as popular as cnn would like him to be as cnn spends an awful lot of time trying to prop him up to be indeed biden has uh reported a negative net approval rating since the end of summer of 2021, just months into his administration. That's nearly a year and a half in which more Americans have disliked rather than liked the job Biden has been doing as president. It's true. He's been wildly unpopular. And then you might sit there and you go, well, Derek, then why is it that Republicans lost so badly in the midterms? Republicans didn't really lose so badly in the midterms. You can make it, certainly, yes, in raw numbers, they did. If you just look at the number of seats, they actually did win a a good number of seats in the House, Not not a ton, not as much as they'd wanted, not as much as they'd hoped. But the bad candidates in the Senate and bad campaigns in the Senate, I know, and everybody, and my wife and I actually had a friend over on Friday, and we ended up sort of talking about this. Some people, my wife included, believe that if they'd just spent more money in certain races, it would have been this, that, and the other thing. That may, and if a race is within a few thousand votes, there aren't very many of those. You could have flipped it. It wasn't like there was any amount of money that was going to make Dr. Oz a good candidate. There just wasn't. The only thing that really would have helped Dr. Oz was having More time with, if if Dr. Oz had bought more time on television to run footage of Fetterman trying to talk, listening to people, having conversations, fire bad, and things like that, then maybe that would have helped. But Oz didn't live in the state until 20 minutes before he decided to run. People don't really fall for that kind of stuff. You got to you don't have to have roots. You don't have to be born there. You don't have to be I'm fifth generation this that or the other thing. But my god, you damn well better be a taxpayer for a couple of of terms, shouldn't you? So, he was a ba- and he was a bad candidate. He ran as a conservative in the primary and then he ran as a squish in the general. Okay. That's fine, I guess. But he sat silent as Democrats defined him as this carpetbagger millionaire who owns a bunch of houses and everything. And he didn't really spend a lot of time defining Fetterman as the trust fund baby living off his parents till he's 41 years old that he actually was. It's just a bad campaign. No amount of money was going to fix that. He had a lot of money. Herschel Walker, while Herschel Walker was outspent, it doesn't matter how much the other side spends. If you spend a ton of, you spend a record amount, you spend a record amount. Especially when you're the uh, challenger. The incumbent is known. The incumbent is known. You have to try to redefine them a little bit and define yourself. And honestly, Herschel Walker was a terrible, terrible candidate. A terrible candidate, a huge fumble on behalf of Donald Trump. I can see why Trump thought it would be. I'm sure one-on-one in personal conversations, Hertha Walker is very uh, engaging. You put him on stage, you get him talking about politics, he doesn't seem to know what the hell's going on or where he is half the time. He didn't talk issues. He didn't talk issues. Hell, he did television interviews seemingly every other night with Sean Hannity, but he had one or two other senators with him. Who did most of the talking? Could he not make the case for himself? It didn't seem like he could. And that is women problems with voters seem to just sort of look past, but I'm sure had some sort of impact. And no amount of money would have changed it. You can't make somebody a passionate advocate for something they don't care about or don't know about. And he had a year to prep for it, and he didn't. But none of that, the lack of popularity of some of the Republican candidates, means that Joe Biden is popular. Joe Biden wasn't on the ballot. Joe Biden wasn't in the state. Joe Biden didn't campaign with these people the way traditionally a president would. Certainly, if if Joe Biden's popularity had even been closer to net zero, he would have been all over the place. So him coming to the well of the House and uh, patting himself on the back about all of his accomplishments in an attempt to make himself popular isn't going to work. There's one thing you can say about Joe Biden. Is one thing you could say about Donald Trump. There's one thing you can say about most people who become president, not necessarily who run. Anybody can run. But we know Joe Biden. Now, I don't like Joe Biden. I never have, never will. You probably don't know, don't like Joe Biden either, And you, but you know him. The people who don't pay attention still know Joe Biden. He's been in politics forever. Even if he was never vice president, at some point in his 37 years or whatever the hell he was in the United States Senate, you would have seen him on a Sunday show. You would remember the hearings for the confirmation of Clarence Thomas and think that guy's a jackass. He's not an unknown commodity. He's an unliked commodity because he's genuinely insincere, if you can say that. Yeah, Joe Biden is genuinely insincere. And the American people know this. We've seen him for far too long. And we, even uh, given their best efforts to try to hide all of his lies, there's just too damned many of them that people recognize that he's full of crap. You kind of dismiss what he has to say. You also recognize, because they're sitting there going, I'll, I'll play you this in a second, uh, the White House Communications Director, Kate Bedingfield, they're, they're sending out Kate Bedingfield more often than they're sending out the historic Corinne Jean-Pierre because Corinne Jean-Pierre is so horrible at her job. But they go, oh, look at all the jobs, more jobs than anybody, this many millions of jobs, eight million jobs. It's not, these, everybody knows these jobs weren't created or the vast majority of these jobs were not created. We all remember when the economy was shut down, when those jobs were artificially lost. So that when you unkink the hose and you allow the water to flow again, that those jobs, most of them, sadly not all of them, because they managed to, particularly in blue states, kill a lot of jobs, largely in the hospitality industry. But those jobs were going to come back. Those retail stores that managed to stay open they were going to need people. They needed people before. They need people again. So those jobs are going to come back. Those are not jobs created. The American people might not pay attention, by and large, and certainly not in the way we do, but they're also not stupid. They recognize when they're being hustled, when they're being bs So to say, well, we've created all these jobs, that's not the case. Also, the American people recognize, oh, the jobs are back. Great, I'm allowed. My government is allowing me to go back to work finally. And you go back to work, and the company can't give you a big raise because the money's been sort of cut off for a while. But you're getting your check, and it's about the same as it was. If it's still the same as it was, you're not getting a raise. But everything else is costing more. Everything else is costing more. So people are getting second jobs, working part-time. People recognize those things. So you say, well, we created 10 million jobs. Uh, How many of them are part time? How many of them them just help people tread water when you have to pay five, six bucks for a a dozen eggs? Hmm? So the mystery of why Joe Biden is unpopular isn't really a mystery at all. You just got to open your eyes. So when we get to the uh, State of the Union address tonight, I want to play you this clip from Kate Bedingfield. It's going to be one of those things, um, if you watch it. Well, yeah, yeah. don't. (laughs) I mean, you can watch it. I want to play Kate Bedingfield. Don't worry. I'd say watch his eyes. Remember, watch his eyes. When he is talking, not reading a teleprompter is when you're getting Joe Biden. They tried to tell. (laughs) There was a message out of the White House two days ago that Joe Biden is deeply involved. He's writing this speech personally. Writing this speech, I don't. Think Joe Biden could type a coherent sentence if his life depended on it, if his hair plugs depended on it. But they—they always try to do this. He is deeply involved. He's writing the speech. They did the same thing with Barack Obama. Barack Obama is writing the speech himself. Really? President of the United States is writing the speech himself. Why does he employ like five speechwriters then? Why do we, the taxpayers? Because they always say, look, Barack Obama was a brilliant man. He didn't need a speechwriter. Then why didn't he have so many? (laughs) Anyway, Kate Bedingfield was on, uh, I think it was CNN this morning, talking about why people don't feel. I think think she's talking to Don Lemon here on their low, low low-rated morning show. Talking about why people don't feel... Joe Biden's claims of recovery.
2: You're going to hear from him tonight about the things we've accomplished in the first two years that are making a difference in people's lives. 12 million jobs created during President Biden's first two years in office, historic low unemployment, wages going up. Uh, investments in our infrastructure, our roads and bridges, uh, historic gun safety legislation. So, yes, uh, the American people are going to hear directly from the president tonight about what we've accomplished in the first two years, but also about the path forward, about how we're going to keep building on that progress, how we're going to finish the job. Uh, People across the country remember. why, Why aren't the American people feeling it? Because the polls are showing that the American people are not feeling that. Is that the issue with the president? Is that the communications office? What is going on? Well, well, remember where we were when President Biden came into office. We were, uh, we were in the depths of a pandemic. The economy had ground to a halt. Inflation was creeping up, not just here, but around the globe as a result of the pandemic. And so the president took quick action, meaningful action to start rebuilding this economy from the bottom up and the middle out. And the choices that he's made have, again, led to historic job creation, historic low unemployment, and people are starting to feel that around the country. <sighs>
1: Yeah, you just don't know how good you've got it. Historic low unemployment rate. Yeah, the labor participation rate. Historic high, low labor participation rate. So many people have found it to be much easier to not work. And uh, the number of jobs, uh, those are jobs coming back, and part-time jobs. Part-time jobs. Now, remember, AOC said famously, what, two, three years ago, the reason that the unemployment rate is so low is because so many people are working two and three jobs. She didn't understand how the unemployment rate was calculated because she's dumb. Kate Beddingfield knows how the unemployment rate is calculated. She's just hoping that you don't. Kate Beddingfield knows that people have dropped out of the workforce, have quit looking, have given up, have disappeared, and uh, therefore help the unemployment rate. She also knows that the jobs are largely being created are part-time service industry jobs. Nothing wrong with part-time service industry jobs. I've worked many of them in my lifetime. And nothing against working multiple jobs. Currently, I have, I believe, four, three regular jobs. And then a couple of jobs that I do sort of on a random consulting as needed basis. That's what you got to do. Not because you know, I'm living well beyond my means or anything, but because I got kids and I knew that was going to be what you got to do. But the American people recognize that even if they have two jobs and they're working two jobs, they're just treading water. When you go in to a grocery store, which I did yesterday, and you look at the meat as I did yesterday and you go, wow, this sale price for this top sirloin steak, or sir—I don't even know what cut sirloin is—it's it, not New York Strip, it's not Porterhouse. It's like this. They used to be able to get it on sale, on sale for three ninety-nine. Now it's on sale for what used to be the regular price when the sale price was three ninety-nine. It's a huge difference now, unless you got a significant raise over the past two years. You are actually operating in a net loss if you compare yourself to where you were just two years ago. It's that simple. You're making, let's just use round numbers, you're making $100,000. Nothing to sniff at, but it's a nice round number. And it cost two years ago $20 to fill up your car. Now it costs $40 to fill up your car. You're not making $100,020 to make up that difference. If you did, then you would have offset the cost of one refill of your car's tank. That's it. But of course, it's not just that gallon of gas. It's the carton of eggs. It's the orange juice. It's the milk. It's the this. It's the that. It's the other thing that I'm not too proud. I'm not you know, too proud to admit that I will shop for groceries. Depending on what groceries I'm going for, they determine where I go shop for groceries. Today, I'm going to have to go get milk. We're down to, I think, our last gallon of milk. And the kids drink milk like they're cows. It's unbelievable how much milk this family consumes. But I will go to Walmart for that. Now, I don't particularly revel in going to Walmart. Walmart can be a bit of a nightmare. Logistically, it's crowded. It's it's uh, sometimes there's long lines depending on when you get there and how many things they have open and it's just sort of it can be a pain. You also end up spending a lot more than you ever intended on going to Walmart. But I go to Walmart because the Safeway near me milk is $4.50 a gallon. The Walmart I can go to I think there are two WalMarts near me. The one that I go to is a little dirtier, but a little cheaper. It's in a poorer neighborhood. I think it's a buck fifty a gallon. It's a buck fifty a gallon. They're about equal distant. They're further than the Safeway. But frankly, when I go to a grocery store, I buy six gallons of milk at a time. Which you go? Good Lord, how many people do you have living in? How much? What are you doing? Giving your cats milk? No, the kids drink milk. They want milk. They waste a lot of milk. Cereal is consumed by everybody. Milk, dinner. I drink milk, not as much as I used to, but I drank a ton of milk as a kid. So we can go through. And you buy the, uh, the milk with the latest expiration date over the course of two weeks or a week and a half. Easily go through six, eight gallons. So I'm going to buy that. And then there are other things that are cheaper at Walmart that I, if I need something quick for dinner, I can just go to the Safeway. It's 10 minutes away. Not a problem. But if I'm going grocery shopping for a week, I will go to a Walmart or I'll go to uh, whatever. There's an Aldi or uh, other places. I'm not unique. I know I'm not unique. People will shop where they are. People will buy. I haven't. I guess I never really did buy like a full priced piece of beef but i but you know i will buy the 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 meat that we have on a weekly basis is largely based on what's on sale it's always been that way you shouldn't live frivolously and one time i i forget what i did oh and my book came when i submitted my book i think or maybe yeah, no no it was when I, I submitted my book i went and bought a piece of dry aged porterhouse or whatever the hell it was from Harris Teeter Like I asked for super thick. I was like, this was my celebratory piece of cow. Damn it. I don't think anybody was home and I just made myself this steak and that was it. But in general, I don't do that. I don't do that. And you shouldn't do that. And Americans more and more can't do that. So if Kate Bedingfield, the White House communications director, and the people in the media are sitting there scratching their heads going, gee, why is it that Joe Biden isn't more popular? They've got X number of jobs. The unemployment rate is this. It's because we recognize it is not. Nobody answering a polling question about the president of the United States, about anything, answers it about how they think other people are doing. Or how? what do you think the state of the country is for everybody else? It's all about the state of you, your approval rating. They know this. They know the questions that are asked. But for some reason, the idea that, you know, statistically, people are doing whatever, X, Y, or Z, better or worse. Look, if the economy's in the tank— and you're asked whether or not you approve of the President of the United States, and you're doing well, you're probably going to say, "Man, no, things are pretty good. Because we've seen deep recessions where you'd think, the presidential approval rating has to be negative 48. It just has to be. There's no way anybody. And I go, yeah, you know what? His approval rating is, uh, is 41%. You go, who are these 41%? There are blind partisans who, regardless of the party of the president, will always go, as long as it's my guy and it's not the other guy, I'm down with it. Then there are some people who, during the Great Depression, did quite well. So you ask them how things are going, they go, things are going great. This is awesome. The stock market is full of bargains. They're giving stock away. Joe Biden's consistent low approval rating is telling. Approval ratings can you know sway wildly with what's going on. He's been stuck in this mud, which means that all of the accomplishments that they claim are accomplishments that you heard Kate Bedingfield there list off are not things that the American people really care about because it doesn't impact them. How much of that trillion-dollar or $800 billion thrown at infrastructure do you feel when you're paying six bucks for a dozen eggs? Do you go, yeah, you know what, I can barely afford eggs, but we've really implemented some parts of the Green New Deal, so yay. Not many. And I tell you, the American people are smart enough to recognize that even though they're not paying attention, that in the future that $6 carton of eggs is going to cost even more because of the implementation of those parts of the Green New Deal. And oh, by the way, the ability to heat your home is going to cost a hell of a lot more in the future because of that Green New Deal. And there is nothing that government did and really nothing government could do. Well, let me rephrase that. There's nothing that government can do that wouldn't be wildly destructive to make sure that your income keeps pace with their price increases of things. Yes, the government could say, all right, the cost of heating has gone up 100%. Therefore, everybody we mandate pay go up 25% to cover that, to offset, or enough to offset, whatever your salary is. Nope. they do that, and then you've got massive inflation everywhere. These people seem to think that they can operate in various corners of the economy. And it not have impact or ripple effects in the rest of the economy. You can't make energy costs skyrocket and not have it be reflected at the grocery store. Why? Because the cost of gasoline has to be factored into the cost of the food at the grocery store because you need gasoline to transport the food to the grocery store. See how that works? add that in everywhere. There's a cost of clothing. Everything has gone up because everything is more expensive and everything is more expensive because everything has gone up and it becomes this vicious cycle. And they seem to think that, well, if we just, it's wrong. If you notice, they used to talk about the fight for 15, dollars minimum wage. Now the fringe, the Bernie Sanders and Nat Turner, Nina Turner, whatever the hell her name is, they're pushing for a $25 minimum wage. A $25 minimum wage. Why? Well, because things are costing more. Things keep costing more and more and more. And so they need to pay people more to tread water. Rent is getting too damned expensive. Oh my goodness, people can't afford houses because interest rates have gone up. People can afford houses. Interest rates aren't that high. Interest rates... When I was a kid, the thing that we used to say... And it was true at the time, you know, when the lottery, when Lotto first started, when it was just Lotto, and you could win a million dollars. The concept of a million dollars was mind boggling. You know, well, what would you do with a million dollars? Well, I'd put it in the bank and I'd live off the interest. Well, you could live off the interest. <laughs> things were cheaper then we weren't exactly living like kings so you're not going to you know live like a kardashian off of that but if you're getting a uh, 19% annual return on your savings account or whatever you could you could probably get by on 190,000 dollars i would think right or whatever the hell it is now you can't the interest rates are Just this side of you paying a bank to hold your money. They're going up slightly, but they're still less than 2%. What are you going to do with 2%? Not a whole hell of a lot. So people recognize that things have changed and not for the better. That they are worse off. Statistically, they can show you how the economy is doing gangbusters. And congratulations on that. The nebulous concept of the economy is doing better individuals human beings are doing worse unless you're a rich liberal or you have some sort of company that uh, gets government subsidies to implement various parts of the green new deal or the government is forcing customers to use your substandard product for that very same reason people pick up on this stuff they really do as much as the democrats would like them not to I, I, it'd be nice, you know what would be great about the State of the Union? There was a time when uh, it, it doesn't say that the president has to deliver the State of the Union address every year. Really in the, this has become an annual thing in the era of television. And it's an opportunity for the president of the United States to get an hour or whatever of uninterrupted network time. Used to be a lot more valuable before cable, but uh, of network time when it was like the uhf channels were all you could escape to that was it um now you can escape everywhere and i suspect netflix will have some good streaming numbers for tomorrow uh for tonight but um it was just a chance for the president to talk to the american people now it has become this non-stop self-congratulatory show where it, it's it's going to be joe biden sitting up there. there's going to be some little there's a somebody who had to cross state lines to get an abortion. Give them a big round of applause. oh The horrible oppression—it's unbelievable. Someone was almost forced to be birthed, and there'll probably be. This is a trans athlete. um Big question: Will britney Griner be up there? Is britney Griner? Does she still rate? Do enough people remember what britney Griner? What happened to Brittany Griner? It could be the first time anybody arrested overseas for possession of drugs, illegal drugs, is ever honored by the president of the United States. We'll see. We'll see. And that's what she did. Let's be honest. Who else will be up there? There'll be some sort of trans activist. Oh, my goodness. So brave. So courageous. So this. So that. This is who the Democrats are. This is what they'll celebrate. This is what they're planning on celebrating already, which brings us to the Democrat whip in the House, Catherine Clark, Democrat from Taxachusetts, good old Massachusetts, the People's Republic of Massachusetts. She is the number two Democrat up there. You get radical Hakeem Jeffries. Whose uncle is a college professor who espouses a racist theory that uh, black people are sun people and white people are dark people and horrible monsters and evil and the root of all evil and everything and you're just like really this is this is who Democrats elect and yes the answer is yes this is who Democrats choose as their leader and. Um, Kimberly or Catherine Clark was on MSNBC talking about the State of the Union address and who is going to be her guest, etc., etc., and what the message should be. And like a broken record, at a time when people can't afford to live, when people can't afford this, that, and the other thing, thanks to Democrat policies, they all bring it back to abortion. I don't know for whom abortion is, I assume, abortion doctors. And then people who've had abortions, who are desperate to try and normalize abortions, so they work diligently to convince everybody that everybody has an abortion. And it's perfectly normal, but they're really trying to convince themselves. But that's her priority. She's bringing an abortion doctor with her as her guest to the State of the Union address. One of the little tidbits in this clip.
0: We're going to continue to be the, the caucus, the members of Congress that take this seriously. We are on Team American people. And I think you can see from the chaos that was around um, the speakers race that mm-hmm. we are going to be there. We are going to continue to fight for women, for reproductive justice, for an economy that works for everyone. And we are going to conduct ourselves with the seriousness of the challenges and opportunities facing the American people. And we're going to let the other side do what they feel they need to do. And I think you can see from the first five weeks of the majority that we have been seeing bills that are political stunts and not helping move the agenda forward. And so tonight, with my guest dr hamlin we are reminding people that this is the republican house majority that voted against codifying Roe, that voted against access to birth control that voted against the right to safely travel across state lines to receive health care if that isn't chilling i don't know what is and we are going to continue to fight for Great jobs, lowering costs and saving our planet and making sure that freedom isn't an abstract but applies to every single family and woman in this country.
1: But screw men. Every single family and woman. And woman. Well wait a second. Women aren't the only ones who have abortions. Don't you pay attention to your own press releases? Men have abortions all the time because trans men are men. Right? I mean, except for the vagina part. But other than that, they are men. And they can get. Pro- but don't worry. Chromosomes are... Fr- the party of science is telling you to ignore chromosomes. Because of science. Or something like that. Can you imagine these people being fully in charge? This is the world that they want. And their priorities. Abortion, abortion, abortion. She's probably resenting not having one. That's mean. That's mean. She's got uh, three kids. Three kids. One of them... Let's see, your kids are listed as Nathaniel Dowell, Addison Dowell, and Jared Dowell. But there's another, Riley Dowell. I don't know what the hell Riley is. I don't know if Riley's trans or what. Uh, Could go either way based on the photograph. Looks like a woman with a buzz cut. Wearing a suit. Don't know. But while Congresswoman Clark is fighting diligently for the right to an abortion. Oh, my goodness, that's so important. She's not really fighting too much for her kids. Doesn't really seem all that concerned for her kids. Associated Press. The daughter of U.S. Representative Catherine Clark of Massachusetts was arrested during a protest Saturday night in Boston Common and later charged with assault after a police officer was injured. Oh, assaulting a police officer? She's she's positioned this... Whatever the hell Riley Dowell is seems to be positioning themselves to take over for mom and family business, Democrat Party politics. In a statement on its website, the Boston Police Department said the 23-year-old was to be arraigned in Boston Municipal Court. Clark, the House Democratic whip, said in a tweet that her daughter Riley had been arrested quote i love riley and this is a very difficult time in the cycle of joy and pain in parenting this will be evaluated by the legal system and i am confident in that process wow you can see why this kid would turn out to be completely messed up can't you that's your mom <laughs> oh, the courts will deal with you deal do i don't want to i don't have time to deal with that. i'm worried about People being able to have abortions across the country. I ain't got time for my kid. <laughs> Twenty three. Uh, Clark has spoken publicly about the fears for her own non-binary child amid bigotry. Tar- okay, there you go. Non-binary. Non-binary apparently need- means buzz cut. I don't know which one of the kids: Riley, Nathaniel, Addison, or Jared. I assume Addison, since Addison's a girl's name, and this is clearly a girl. But that's beside the point. Police officers responded to a report at the Parkman Bandstand Monument located within the Boston Commons. They found a person identified as Dowell, a resident of Melrose, defacing a monument with spray paint and anti-police phrases according to police. During the arrest, quote, a group of 20 protesters began to surround officers while screaming profanities through megaphones on the public street, causing traffic to come to a standstill, police said, adding that, quote, an officer was hit in the face and could be seen bleeding from the nose and mouth. Dowell was charged with assault by means of dangerous weapon, destruction or injury of personal property, and damage of property by graffiti or tagging, police said. Sounds like mom of the year, doesn't it? If you had to choose between, I mean, there are only, what, 212, 211 Democrats in the House of Representatives? And the number two that you choose is this kind of parent? I mean, Joe Biden isn't much better. At least Riley wasn't smoking crack and frequenting, obviously, human-trafficked prostitutes. But, you know, only 23 years old. Give it time. These are the people who Democrats elevate to positions of leadership. Do you think there's any world in which merit justifies the assertion, the ascension of somebody you've never heard of to the number two position in the Democratic Party? I doubt it. But if you want to look at people and you go, my God, what the hell's wrong with the Democratic Party today? Look no further than who they elect to be their leadership when there are sane options in their caucus. All the complaining about Kevin McCarthy and the extremist right wing. Yeah, mother of the year number two, wild racist conspiracy theorist family member in the number one spot. Ah, to be progressive. So as Democrats are celebrating themselves and celebrating Joe Biden, their their non-binary trans children, whatever, and covering up, it's just, accept. look, we have to accept that this child is so weird and messed up and gender dysphoria is happening all over the place. And it's Democrats going, well, I don't want to admit that I was a weird parent or a neglectful parent, so I will accept this. Then you end up with this situation. Now, we're talking, Democrats will not shut up, and I'm sure, I am sure that Joe Biden will mention January 6th, some point in there. Oh, the insurrection, the horrible insurrection, worst day since, since whatever, since the Civil War. Forget 9-11. Well, Democrats can't really say they oppose storming of Capitol buildings, the taking over of Capitol buildings. The the things that happened on January 6th, because in Oklahoma, they happened yesterday. Did you hear about it? You probably didn't hear about it because it was for a cause that is near and dear to the left's heart. And to the extent that you did hear about it, you certainly didn't hear about it as a potential violent insurrection. UK Daily Mail, because you've got to go overseas to get most of these stories. Trans Lives Matter protesters, you know, I'm old enough to remember that if you said any other type of life matters, you are a horrible racist. Why? Because it's only Black Lives Matter. You're only allowed to say Black Lives Matter. Remember that? Remember Hillary Clinton and Martin O'Malley and Bernie Sanders when they were running for president in... in uh, 2016, they all at various points said, "Well, do Black Lives Matter? Of course, all lives matter. You got to apologize for." And they did. They apologized for it. Oh, geez, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say all lives matter. Uh, just Black Lives Matter. No, no, no. Because the concept from the left was Black lives have to. It, it's a separate thing since society doesn't value Black lives. I'm not sure it's society running around murdering people in the south side of Chicago or the uh, east and west sides of Baltimore, but whatever. To say all lives matter is to deny that black lives matter. It was stupid then, it's stupid now. I'm not uh, trying to uh, justify it. I'm just telling you how it is. So now it's cool to say trans lives matter too because the hierarchy of victimhood over on the left is built on shifting ground. And so it just depends. Right now, Black Lives Matter, it's it's a little bit of an embarrassment. It is. They made tens of millions of dollars, became real estate moguls. These committed Marxists got corrupted by the evil dollar, and now the organization on a national scale is facing audits, facing lawsuits. It's just not, not pretty. So trans lives matter more than Black Lives Matter right now from a PR standpoint. And uh, so they uh, Trans Lives Matter protesters descended on Oklahoma's state capitol building yesterday, occupying the interior rotunda to protest against new bills that would ban gender affirming surgery for young people, meaning genital mutilation for kids. These people stormed it. There's video of it out there. You can find it on social media. Uh, I've retweeted some of it. So it'll be in my uh, my feed. They were lots of them. There were lots of them, hundreds of people. Signs waving, screaming, chanting. They went right up to police, were in their faces, demanding whatever it was that they, they don't want this piece of legislation to pass. And it's cool with the left. Stormed the Capitol. My goodness, can you believe the violence of storming the Capitol? It's an insurrection in Oklahoma. But it's not portrayed that way. It was done expressly to intimidate lawmakers, to prevent lawmakers from conducting the business of the people of Oklahoma. The lawmakers in Oklahoma were, in fact, elected by the people of Oklahoma. This is what democracy looks like. You elect A majority of people who say, hey, you should not be altering the bodies surgically of children. You should not be cutting pieces off of them. You should not be giving them hormones that will block puberty and permanently alter their body's chemistry and rendering them, you know, sterile or worse, giving them diseases, sickness, whatever. Nope. Those people, they demand those things. We demand the right to butcher children. And why would they do that? I firmly believe, just like my theory of abortion, that the people who, the most vocal proponents of abortion are people who've had abortions. And they'll tell you, I don't feel any bad about it. My life is better because I had an abortion. It was great. It was wonderful. It was blah, 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 blah. Abortion for all. Abortion everywhere. Constantly. Come on, abortion. Yay, abortion. nobody really, does anybody really believe that somebody's like, you know what, I live expressly because abortion is so awesome that i want my whole life dedicated to making sure that as many people as possible have them celebrate cheer shout your abortion they say does anybody really believe that or do you think it's more likely that human beings who insist that what they did is perfectly fine realistically go in their mind are haunted by it a little bit i've known a couple of women who've had abortions in my life um Dated one, not going to name names, but she, she was haunted by it. She was haunted. Now she did it. She did it. And uh, we talked a little bit about it. She did not expect to be haunted by it when she did it. She told me it was probably had been 10 years that she'd done it since I met her, when I met her. And she she didn't she just she thought it was you know a choice it was whatever but after that something nagged in her something constantly nagged in her now she had an abortion fairly early on in the pregnancy so I don't think and I don't think she ever found out what the actual like had an ultrasound and found out what the gender was but she um in her mind in her head she knew what the gender was she assigned a gender she. Named the baby. This is after. After. Had dreams of this kid. Remembered the due date and was particularly sad on the due date because that was what would have been her child's birthday. Haunted by it. She never once tried to justify it and didn't become a pro, you know, choice, screaming, shout your abortion kind of thing to try and negate what she felt over it and I hope she's found peace over it since then I don't know but I hope she has but there are a lot of people out there I suspect like that who would never admit to that now she didn't she wasn't hiding it we, we talked about it it wasn't like she had t-shirts that asked me about my abortion or anything but she uh she was haunted by it You'd never know she had an abortion if you, if you didn't know her, know her, and, and, and she would confide in you enough to tell you. But I think a lot of these people who sit there and scream their abortions and are so proud of it and wear, make T-shirts to wear to these protests about it and take to the streets about this, I believe that a large percentage of them regret it deeply. Are haunted by it privately, to one degree or another, not to the point that it cripples their ability to function as a human being, although in some cases maybe. But I believe that it is their inner monologue, the voice that doesn't go away when they sleep. They recognize or believe that they did something that they probably regret. And so they try to normalize it. You normalize it. Look, if you cheat on your... your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your husband, your wife, or whatever, you're much more likely to sort of cheer or laugh about or even encourage in a weird way other people around you. Look, it's your girlfriend. You're not married. That chick's hot. What do you care? The person doesn't want to do it. What are you, a coward? What are you, a baby? What are you, this? What are you, that? What are you, the other thing? Realistically, you're you're trying to get them to do it because part of you recognizes that what you did was bad. But if more people do it, it's like, it was, it's bad, but I mean, everybody does it. It's that sort of mentality. You get more people involved in what you did that was wrong. Like everybody steals from work. No, not every. Most people don't actually steal from work, but anybody who steals from work gives themselves that thought of like everybody steals from work or it's a victimless crime look they have they uh they have insurance to take care of it whatever it is you find a way to justify it and to justify it is to acknowledge that you don't really believe that it is no big deal you wouldn't need to justify it it would just be if you if it truly was no big deal you wouldn't feel no compunction to justify it so these Trans Lives Matter activists are out there, and they are, if you look at the crowd, I don't know, it's a coin toss on each and every single one of them. They're exactly what you'd expect them to look like, uh, no matter what, even if they're, they're not trans, they're just uh, friendly or whatever, the allies or whatever the hell they call themselves. But I suspect there are a lot of people in there. It's easier to say this is normal than to say this is abnormal. Abnormal? Not no. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying abnormal as in um, something wrong with it. Things happen. Gender dysphoria, which until 10 minutes ago was a legitimate thing in the field of psychology, and it happens for whatever reason. You can figure out the reason. You can work your way past it. You grow out of it, whatever. But for some reason, people are unhappy in their lives. And they have decided that it is because they never really felt comfortable in their skin. And rather than trying to do whatever it is to become comfortable in their skin, it's much easier to just say God made a mistake. God made a mistake, or nature made a mistake, if you don't believe in God. Somehow, nature made a mistake. And so, I am in the wrong body, or whatever. Or gender doesn't matter. Whatever it is they need to tell themselves to feel better. It's a lie. They rope in a whole bunch of people in that lie because it's easier to accept a lie than do the work of the truth. It just is. And so, you end up... With all of this victimhood and all of this outrage and energy to do something with, it's weird because they are amongst the most powerful group of people in the country. They can get almost anybody canceled. The alphabet mafia. They have the uh, the T. It's a capital T in the L G B T Q R S T U V W X Y Z? XYZ. It's a capital T. They're, they get more lip service and bowing down than the L and the G and the B combined now. And they're really just a tiny fraction of people that up until, again, 10, 20 minutes ago were people with psychological problems called gender dysphoria who mostly grew out of it. But they will tell you they are the most marginalized of marginalized communities. Now, what is the definition of marginalized and marginalizing? Well, according to Merriam-Webster, before they change it, we'll get this on record, marginalized, to relegate to an unimportant or powerless position within a society or group. That is the definition of marginalized. Marginalized. I'm going to read it again. To relegate to an unimportant or powerless position within a society or group. Do you believe that the T, the capital T, the trans community, as much as it is a community, do you believe that they are marginalized? Is there anything they can't do? And if they're told they can't do it, they've got an entire political party going, men can get pregnant men menstruate. straight men are women and once those women declare themselves to be women they get to play in women's sports and dominate all of this everything weirdos who expose themselves in a sexual way to young girls in locker rooms are defended because why they're transgender they're tra- transgender women are women then why do you differentiate them with the prefix transgender huh? trans women are women well drop the trans then right? then they're just women they know they're afraid or they're being used as a weapon whatever it is but there is no plan on uh, there's no way on earth that these people are actually marginalized in any way that is recognizable as the definition of the word So these protesters storm a Capitol building. They aren't arrested. They are not repelled. They are not kept out. A violent insurrection right there at the doorstep of the legislature. And it is barely registered in the national media in this country. You have to go to the UK for the story. And they're marginalized. The Grammys were a non-stop celebration of the Tuck Rule and the this and the that and all the, oh, the gender fluid and marginalized? Are they marginalized? In terms of sheer numbers, there are fewer of them. In terms of sheer numbers, there were fewer Nazis than normal Germans by a lot. Fewer Nazis than most parties in Germany or at least a lot of parties in Germany at 1932, 1933. But that small group of people was able to do an awful lot of damage as small groups of people who are dedicated enough can always do as long as people are afraid to stand up to them. Food for thought, I think. I'm going to shift gears just a little bit, come a little bit more local here. Even though no matter where you live, this stupidity is coming for you. It will come for you. That's how it works. Baltimore County. Banning plastic bags. You got to love this. CBS Baltimore. Starting November 1st, you'll need to bring your own reusable shopping bag in Baltimore County or you'll be charged five cents. Hmm. Baltimore County Council just passed a plastic bag ban at their meeting Monday night. The bill passed five to two. Five to two to raise taxes it's never billed as raising taxes but that's what it is it's a tax on you the bill was introduced by council member izzy patoka and two other councilmen quote plastic bags have been a menace on our environment for many years many many years and now we're going to address that issue patoka said there were two council members who did not agree with the bill. One of them, Council Chair Julian Jones. The other District seven Councilman Todd Crandall, quote, have reached the conclusion that this bill is a complete government overreach into the relationship consumers have with the establishments they patronize, and quote. Council members spent a lot of time talking about a number of amendments to the bill. The original bill would have required stores to charge 10 cents per plastic bag, but that was changed to five. These things are done, by the way. So they can say, look, we've reached a compromise. We're going to only rip you off for five cents a bag. We were going to do it for 10, but as a compromise, we did this. Why? Well, because five was always the goal. Five's the goal everywhere. Five is what's happening now. Eventually, they'll get around to raising it. But right now, what the left is interested in is getting these things in place as many places or everywhere that they can. They'll do it on a local level. They'll do it on a state level. They don't care. They just want it done. If the city won't do it, they'll get the county to do it. If the county won't do it, they'll get the state to do it. They can't really find a justification to get the feds to do it yet, but they're having so much success with moronic local politicians that they don't really need to mess with the the feds. This is stupid. This is a scam. This is a way for these people to make money. Quote, I think it's ridiculous, Baltimore County resident Keith DeFontis said, I think the county needs to let people be people, stay out of their personal affairs, and pretty much, if they want to use plastic, let them use plastic. We found people on different sides of the issue. Quote, if it can deter us from tearing up the environment and using so much and not putting it back, that's a good thing, Baltimore County resident Rashawn Burkeen said. Well, how'd you like to have that neighbor? Council members said the money charged for bags is not a tax, and businesses do not have to give the county that money. For now. County leaders said the point of charging, charging is to deter people from using plastic bags. If it passes, it will go into effect on November 1st. When it passes, it will go back into effect on November 1st. Now, okay, so businesses do not have to give that money to the council. Is there anything else? that you can think of, that government, any government, forces a business to sell, forces a business to sell and dictates the price. Is there anything? Honestly, if you're paying, if the cost of one of these bags is more than one-tenth of a penny, you're being ripped off. These things, in most cases, if you sneeze at them, flake apart, they're worthless. Once they get a little tear in them they uh, they just they can't carry anything they're worthless but what they want you to do is to buy for five bucks one of these oh it's reusable bags you've seen these things you go into your safeway you go into wherever It's are like oh they're reusable they're only uh, 5.99 but you can use them forever and then you buy a, you know a steak or pork chop or whatever some chicken you put it in there and what happens it leaks it leaks. And so now you've got God knows what growing in there. So then you got to go home and you got to wash you gonna, is anybody going to scrub their thing? Now, that's only if you notice the leak. If you don't notice the leak, what do you do? You're walking around with salmonella. And the next time you go in there, you put stuff in that bag. And boy, how do you have fighting for the planet? Yay, yay. And you get sick and you go, well, I don't know what happened. Here's what I do. And I highly recommend everybody do it because to hell with these people. Go to the self... And this gets people... Some people get mad. You're stealing from them. They're not stealing from them. The store, if given the freedom, if left, not even given the freedom, if left alone by these corrupt governments, want to give you these bags. I did it all the time. Baltimore City, when I was living in downtown Baltimore, they they did, You go to the self-checkout. And you go through all the... You, do the self-checkout anyway I, I prefer self-checkout and you uh it comes up at the end you want to check out you're ready to pay and it says how many bags would you like to buy or whatever I'm like, well they asked i would how many bags would i like to buy i would like to buy zero bags and so depending on how the question is phrased zero is the answer Or how many bags did you buy or use or whatever? And then I still zero because you can justify it to yourself going, oh, I'm not. I thought if they ever say anything, I can't imagine anybody saying it because I've had cashiers refuse to charge for the bags. I've had cashiers, the one that sort of loiters around the self-checkout go, you know, if you just put zero, nobody says anything. They've encouraged me to do it because they look at this and they recognize this is garbage. This is about control. This is about getting the government's beak wet. And they say, oh, well, Baltimore County isn't going to get the money for this." Okay, Baltimore County isn't going to get the money for this. For now. For now. But actually, they'll get their beaks wet in that it will will increase the revenue to the stores if they enforce this. It will. It's five cents per bag. Four or five bags, ten bags, depending on how many things you get. And then they double bag and everything. Or they'll sell more of the garbage disposable, but you know, disposable have to use them two or three time bags. That'll increase the revenue, and then you get tax money from there. It always ends up with government getting more money. And you say, well, Derek, it's not that much money. You no, know? it's not that much money. Maybe per se, I don't know. It it could be. Who the hell knows? But it's more money, right? It's more money. It's more of your money being taken from your pocket, by your elected representatives in the name of, we need to un- protect the environment. Well, why don't they spend some time? There are anti-littering laws. If you're some kind of jackass who runs around, buys a bunch of groceries, and then takes all the bags and throws them out the window of your car as you're driving home, pull that person over and fine the hell out of them. We see the signs everywhere. We're like, $500 fine for littering. How about you write some of them tickets? You get a couple of idiots... Busted for that. And guess what? Those idiots are going to, they're probably still going to litter if you're inclined to throw garbage out your car, but they're going to be a little more selective. And some people will go, you know what? I don't want to, I'm not going to risk it. I'll take it home. But more importantly, I have the solution to this if these politicians are actually interested in it. But they are not. And I can prove that they are not because I do have the solution for it. When I was a kid in Michigan, they had a 10 cent per bottle or can deposit it was a genuine deposit before it went into effect the 10 cents nothing to sniff at when i was a kid it was a lot more than it is now but you could buy a pack of baseball cards for like 40 cents four cans i could buy a cat a pack of baseball cards from the i think the store was called lawson's on seven mile road i could buy a can a pack of baseball cards if i found four cans at the local softball fields if i found 12 cans man i was in i was getting three packs there was a good chance i was going to get somebody good and so what did me and my friends do we rode our bikes around to claude allison park where they had the softball teams and the guard there was a lot of two big softball fields and there were three little league fields and playground and everything. I don't know if it was where how it was where you were growing up but where I was growing up people drank a lot of beer <laughs> at various sporting events and a lot of times they just throw the beer out throw the empties out a lot of times they'd take them because they were you buy a 12 pack that's a buck 20 you buy another 12 pack you get a buck 20 back and beer was a lot cheaper then so you'd be like paying twice as much for beer if you didn't have a deposit but some people didn't care. Individually, 10 cents a piece. Who the hell cares? I don't want my car stinking a beer. I throw it in there. So we would ride around on our bikes to the big metal garbage bins, the kind that in movies, hobos set fires in and stand around and sing. And we'd dig through it. I'd dig through it. My hands have had so much sticky beer stuck all over them. When I was a kid, you'd bring a stick and you'd look around in there. You'd find a pot bottle or a beer can or whatever, and you'd pick it up and you'd have a plastic bag with you and you'd ride around, you'd fill that sucker. Once you hit all the garbage cans then you'd go off to the party store and you'd go and you'd return them and you'd get a candy bar, you'd get your baseball cards, you'd get whatever you wanted. It was awesome. But at the end of the day, what was the end result? It wasn't just me being sticky with a lick and maid and a, a, a pack of tops. It was, there was no bottles or cans laying around anywhere not only did we pick them up from the garbage cans we picked them up from the places where people were sitting near benches where there were no garbage cans if somebody left it sit them in the parking lot we'd pick them up we were like janitors for the parks in our neighborhood almost every night seemingly every night we'd sweep these things for these bottles and cans now before there were deposits you could still find... You could drive roads in Michigan, rural roads, and you'll still find bottles and cans in the ditches. Yeah, they still have dirt roads and ditches in some places. And you'd find them, you pick it up, and you go, what the hell is this thing? And it's a, it's a kind of pop or beer. It's out of business, or the can is way different, and there's no deposit. It's been sitting there forever. You can't take it back. There's no deposit. No deposit, no return. But everything manufactured and sold since then has been taken back why because it's a dime dimes add up when i was before college and after high school i was broke most of the time i would drive around to where i knew everybody drank about three o'clock in the morning after everybody pretty much gone home from drinking in the parks i'm talking about Adults and kids drinking in various parks, Phoenix Park, whatever, different schools. And you'd go there, and the kids who are drinking, the underage drinkers, they'd have a case of beer, they'd kill it, and they'd leave it. Why? Because it stinks of beer now, and they're driving their parents' cars, and they can't have their parents' car stinking of beer. So they'd leave it. I'd come around, and I'd sweep it up, and I would gather probably $20 worth of, dollars worth of empties my car reeked of beers it was all in the trunk but i could return it and get a tank of gas and a pack of cigarettes or whatever it was very helpful but what you didn't find were these things strewn about everywhere if you take that five cent tax and you turn it into a deposit You'll never find another plastic bag in a tree. You'll never find a plastic bag in a waterway. You won't find it anywhere. Why kids will su- kids will suddenly be an army empowered to go around and go I can buy things with this. I will get a bunch because there are a bunch of them. You can get them. Plus the people who take the make the deposit you spend 50 cents or whatever on plastic bags. You got 10 of them. You just wad them up when you unpack them. You take them back to the store. Next time you go back and you say there's 50 cents. It's that simple. That's how it works. If you did it as a deposit, you could make it 10 cents. You could make it 20 cents. Your wallet would make it worth your while so that people would never throw them away. Five cents is probably a little cheap for throwing them away. But you would still get kids and homeless people picking them up. You've all seen the homeless people pushing around the shopping cart full of aluminum cans. Why? Because they have a weird fetish? They like to sleep on something that's wildly uncomfortable? They're hoping to get tetanus? No. It's because they can sell them to a scrapyard eventually. You put a defined value on them and they'll do the same thing. You put a defined value on a plastic bag, they'll do the same thing. They will clean up for you. But for that to happen it would actually have to be about the environment, really be about the environment, rather than about control and rather than about the government getting its beak wet either through directly revenue sharing, depending on the jurisdiction of the five cent per bag or the ultimate increase in cost to people and getting the income tax revenue. It would have to be about the environment. Does if you pay five cents for a plastic bag that you're never going to see again, You're going to pay it because you need to carry the cans home. And if you were inclined to throw it out the window of your car or your house in the first place, never getting that five cents back, that bag still has no value. You're just going to throw it out anyway. There will be no net improvement in what they claim is what they want because they're lying. They're always lying. In the uh, the time we have left, there's a couple of things going on right now. I swear to God, the things that we get as a, by we, I mean the royal we, that we get upset as a society are so bizarre, so weird. I'm looking at social media and Leonardo DiCaprio is trending. And so I'm like, well, what did what did Leo do now? What is it? Because, you know, there's a, there's a 50-50 chance that he'll say something wildly stupid about, uh, the environment global warming or he will have said something about global warming and then he'll be on a 500 foot mega yacht and have the carbon footprint of a mid-sized european country but what they're upset about him now is he's dating a woman named eden polani eden polani now leonardo dicaprio is almost 50 years old right who cares it doesn't matter but it 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 is what it is, right? He is as old as he is. He's 48 years old, born November 11th, 1974. His girlfriend is 19, his current girlfriend. Now, this is admittedly a little young for Leo. He's usually in the 22 to 24-year-old range. Once they reach 25, it's over. It's over. They're done with him. But a 19-year-old, it's not illegal. It's not immoral. You can find it to be creepy. It doesn't really matter. It's kind of funny, though. The people who are wildly upset about this are leftists. They are the, left, they're the ones who are going, this is an outrage. He's dating this. It's pet- they're equating it with pedophilia. It is decidedly not pedophilia. Eden Polani is really good-looking. She's a model, of course, because he only dates models. She's really good-looking. She's also of age. Now there are some funny jokes out there. She was uh, she was not born when Titanic was released, for example, or that uh, her she's so young that her high school experience was impacted by COVID. (laughs) That's all all kind of funny jokes, but realistically, I don't think Leo gives a damn. He's dating a a beautiful young model. But keep in mind, if these very same people who are professing and, and flooding social media about oh can you believe this this is an outrage he's too old she's too young she's this he's that whatever 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 if leonardo dicaprio came out as bi or trans or whatever and was dating a 19 year old guy they would be cheering it they would be praising him they would create a new category in the oscars to give him a statue over this thing hell they'd create a new statue I don't want to get into the details of what that statue might look like, but they would. But because Leonardo DiCaprio is a white heterosexual male, and that's really his ultimate crime, not that he gives a damn, but it's kind of funny because there is nobody on the left in entertainment who's been successful there are very few people who are in entertainment who have been as successful as leonardo dicaprio but there are very few people who have been near as successful as leonardo dicaprio who have used that success as a platform to push for the things the progressive left demands and wants insists on You name the environmentalist wacko thing, he's there. He'll narrate your documentary. He produces documentaries about how we're all going to die. They're all over Netflix. You can find them everywhere. Oh, Leonardo DiCaprio this, Leonardo DiCaprio talks about this. Now, he probably has a recording studio on his mega yacht where he can talk about how you need to lower your carbon footprint. But the thing is, he does it. He gives to all the right candidates meaning Democrats, he is right there. He's pals with Barack Obama. He's probably fakes being pals with Joe Biden. Joe Biden has no idea who he is or why anybody cares or whatever, but he is there for the cause. He contributes to the right charities. You give him a ribbon for whatever the issue du jour is amongst the progressive left, and he will gladly put it on his lapel pin. I promise you that when it comes to the trans issue... Leonardo DiCaprio is down with the fight. He'd never dated a dude who thought he was a woman, but he would sit there and do a PSA about how important it is to be tolerant of such things, and gender is a social construct. And then he'd throw in age as a social construct, too, which they would edit out before it aired. But I would note that Leonardo DiCaprio has never actually dated a trans woman because while he insists that Gender is a social construct. He adheres very strictly to that social construct, as do we most. Can't say all, but most, Leo. But they are wildly upset about him. I can't imagine a world where you have this kind of time to do these sorts of things, to have these sorts of concerns, but hey, what are you going to do? <laughs> you know, we all sort of aspire to uh, to do this. Now, there is another controversy out of Hollywood. Elijah Wood. I can't think of anything that... Uh... Elijah Wood, if you saw him, you'd go, oh, he's that guy in that thing. He's been in a lot of things. He's a kid actor, and he still kicks around. He's upset. I had to look this up. He tweeted uh, this morning, the movie theater is is and always has been a sacred democratic space for all. And this new initiative by AMC Theaters would essentially penalize people for lower income and reward higher income. And I said, what the hell is that? Was, what, what's going on here? Well, you go over to CNN Business. of AMC movie theaters are changing the way it charges for seats. America's largest movie chain announced that prices of a ticket will be based on seat location, meaning seats in front will be cheaper while those more desirable seats in the middle will now cost more. The ticket pricing initiative, called Sightline at AMC, will roll out at all of its roughly 1,000 theaters by the end of the year. Three pricing tiers will soon be offered. For example, the highest end preferred tier are the middle of the theater and will be priced at a slight premium compared to its standard tier, which the theater chains say will remain the most common choice and will be sold for the traditional cost of a ticket. The third tier is called value, which are seats in the front row of the theater, front rows of the theater and will cost less than its standard tier. Now I, this won't impact me at all. I, uh, first of all, when I go to the movies, I try to go at off time. So there's like two people in the house and I'll sit anywhere. I damn well, please. But, uh, I don't want to sit in the middle of the theater. I want to sit in the back row. I want to sit in the middle of the back row. or Actually, I don't care. I just want to be sitting in the back row away from people. I have had this the first time when I went and saw the first Black Panther opening weekend, my friend Brian was, he went to the wrong theater. I don't know how he He picked the theater and he went to the wrong theater. So we had to go to a later show and buy our tickets at the last minute. And we got the front row. It sucked. The front row sucks. But I don't see that as wildly undemocratic or penalizing people with lower income. If you can get tickets at a lower price because you got a crappy seat, you still can see the theater. You can still see the screen. And if there are fewer people in the theater, move. It's like a baseball game. You buy the crappy seats and the upper deck. And then by the the fifth, sixth inning, whenever it is the ushers disappear, you go, let's sneak down to the the box seats now it's not sneaking down they let you they they stop enforcing it at a certain point they recognize that the people who have the tickets for those seats aren't coming or they don't want people to buy the bleacher seats and come down and get there but at a certain point they just go to hell with it let them go in a movie theater i imagine it will be the same thing you can't imagine somebody coming around in the middle of the movie and usher with a flashlight going i need to see your ticket let me you don't belong in these seats let's go if there's nobody in the House, nobody would care. But this is another example of the left really not understanding. It's a sacred democratic space. Realistically, movies are cheap. Or, I mean, movies are expensive. Going to the movie theater ain't cheap. Having a cheaper ticket option opens it up to more people to be able to go. Yet Elijah Wood doesn't seem to understand that. The real issue is, you know, is who's going to pay 18 bucks for a thing of popcorn or whatever. But yeah, I read this story and I'm like, that's not that big of a deal. You can still buy the same price ticket for most places in there. You want the best seats, which I think are probably some of the worst seats because I don't want to be surrounded by people. You got to pay a little more. See how it works out. It's called the free market. Got to let it ride. anyway. That's enough for today, I think, ladies and gentlemen. The clock agrees. Have yourself a wonderful one. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about the State of the Union Address. And uh, I can only imagine all the lies that will be told throughout it. Until then, have a great one. Thank you for listening.